what we try to do, and one of the reasons why we changed our name and took emergency out, we don't want people to feel like they get to a point where it's an emergency before they get help. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Grace People Podcast, where we explore grace in every corner of our community, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and beyond. I'm your host, Dan Lugo, and the voice that you just heard is of one, Mr. Perry Peterson. He is a friend of mine and also happens to be the executive director of the White Bear Area Food Shelf. We cover so much good stuff in this episode, including food insecurity, how volunteering is going to food shelf, what's changed, future plans, as well as getting to know Perry himself. Let this be a window into one of the important organizations in this community who is doing so much good. And with that, here is episode eight of the Grace People Podcast. Well, I grew up in Iowa from Fort Dodge, Iowa, and uh, went to went to Fort Dodge High and then to Warburg College, um, spent uh, my summers growing up as a kid going to Okoboji Lutheran Bible Camp in Northwest Iowa, and then as I got into high school and into college, was a camp counselor there. Led myself up to here, um, some of those connections. Um, what did you study? I don't even know what you studied at Warburg. thought I was going to be, I thought maybe doing secondary education. I started off being that major. You weren't in like an executive director's bachelor's program or anything? No, <laughs> no, no. And then I had a change of heart kind of my freshman year and went into a religion major. I had an emphasis in youth ministry, was that, that kind of that camp background. Didn't yeah, didn't know what I was gonna do. I said I kinda majored in just having fun, enjoyed life and was into sports and kinda coaching also. So that was kind of a secondary interest that I took classes in. Nice. And yeah. what brought you up to the Twin Cities specifically? Well, I was engaged to be married to my wife, um, Lindsay, uh the summer of ninety nine and we were both trying to kind of figure out what the fall looked like going to get married in October. Both working at camp, pastor came through, an interim pastor came through, and he was looking for two youth ministry people, full-time positions up at a church in White Bear Lake, and wanted to have us come up and interview. And so, uh, long story short, came up, interviewed, uh, loved the community, just took a step of faith and came up here, and I was the senior high youth minister, and Lindsay was the junior high youth minister. Did you expect you'd be here this long? That was the fall of 99, and no, I always thought I'd be up here for a little while and then probably move back to Iowa and that area, or I always had, both my wife and I had experiences in college in which we lived or interned out in Denver, Colorado, and always thought that that might be where I'd end up. Um and uh but yeah because you're a you're a diehard broncos fan so that would that would be your goal (laughs) to end up there that would be that would have been an added bonus yeah Uh, but (laughs) loved our experiences out there and and i know for several years right out of college and in the early 2000s continued to go out there once a year see some friends that i knew out there or visit places that we were connected um but it just, you know, how roads go, it just didn't end up that way. But very glad that we stayed up here and 
ended up having a couple of family members that moved up in this area and that made it even more more so feel like home yeah for sure what's family life been like for you lately and of course we're still in a pandemic it's it'll by the time this releases we'll i think we'll be hitting the year mark um so what's that been like and you know shout out to your kids yeah yeah uh carson's now 16 and driving um (laughs) and uh caleb is an official teenager at age 13 then bennett is in sixth grade he's gonna turn 12 here real soon and uh um doing well he's playing a little basketball we're doing travel and basketball and i'm helping coach uh assistant coach that team so the boys are doing well the the distance learning is like a lot of people or a lot of parents at this point are experiencing not the ideal um even bennett who typically would say hates school um is uh just yearning for that time to go back to school (laughs) and uh yeah um but they're doing well um yeah well let's jump into kind of what you do now and the road there i know while you were uh working here as the service and missions what was your official title yeah. here at the church? Well, I switched a little bit, but yeah, it ended up being the... Yeah, the, after 20 years, I guess you probably had a lot of titles. Uh, a couple, just a couple. I was the, uh, the senior high, um, I think I was the senior high youth minister and then the high school director and whatever. But yeah, service missions director. So, yeah. As a service missions director, I know you were instrumental with our several of our partnerships with uh, Project Home and with the work that they're doing yeah. with the um, Mission of Hope for Haiti. Yep. Huge partnership there. And then uh, the White Bear Lake Food Shelf. Yep. I almost used all the words. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a mouthful, and I was able to, to at least – we. We I'd been on the board for a couple of years before I took the position there, and they had been talking about getting rid of the emergency out of it, and only getting it down to five words: white bear area uh, food shelf. See, I even screwed it up. <laughs> so yeah, it it yeah. We talk about we used to talk about community of grace being a long long <laughs> a long name. Community of Grace Lutheran Church, and yep. uh, funny I go to a place that yeah. white bear area food shelf. My barrier food show. Great. So, how did that partnership develop? What, as far as you can remember, um, with your involvement with it, and how did that continue on? Yeah, a little history on that. I, I can remember being on staff here in, in youth ministry, and and the the church always being connected with the food shelf and wanting to support the food shelf, doing different food drives and that. And I think particularly there was. One time, I don't know what years it was or whatever, but uh, during Thanksgiving, uh, Steve Mahan, who was a pastor here, um, wanted to really um, not leverage, but utilize the time of Thanksgiving of, of generosity and would, would encourage having a food drive for the food shelf. And, and then having a celebration of the Thanksgiving Eve service towards that. And uh, so I can remember having big things of containers of food, people bringing that in. And, uh, and I think that was the, the first time that I really remember that part of things. I know with the missions committee and that kind of thing, there was stuff going on always with the food shelf. 
Um, but that was kind of the big, um, big time that I think really got the whole congregation behind that. That just kind of morphed into other opportunities. And once um, Steve Turnbull really wanted to focus in on and make a, a very uh, focused or dedicated time towards service and, and staff that towards that, that's when that partnership really started to develop. And as we were trying to kind of figure out what in our neighborhood uh, we had – Haiti home and hood what in our neighborhood could we really partner with could we really support and something that was hyper local i remember that being kind of one of those phrases that we talked about so um it took a little while it took a little while we were kind of digging around looking at a couple different organizations and trying to figure if it would match the criteria of people being able to volunteer and financially give and a couple other criteria for other partnerships, and then uh, really focused in on the on the food shelf and being able to support that. That's cool. Yeah, I've never really heard that development story. Yeah. Um, and so you ended up on the board. Yeah. So after a couple of years of you know having that intentional partnership, the the director at that time, Andrea Kish Bailey, uh, invited me to hey, we need a representative from the faith community and uh, love to have you consider that. And so, yeah, was uh, invited into that and served on the um, the board. That was my first time being on a board, too, so that was kind of a, a learning experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was able to serve on there for a couple years. What's one piece of advice you would give to somebody who's going to be on a board for the first time? I'd say do it first of all. Um, it's it's great experience, um, and I think uh, board members um, play a vital role in organizations, being advocates within the community, being the, in the pocket of influence, being able to do that, but also being able to bring that that ability to the organization and provide, you know what their expertise is maybe. Um, so board members vary from differing gift sets. Um, and, uh, sometimes they're, you know, they, they come with a finance background and they're perfect to help out with that organization plan financially or be look through their policies and that kind of thing, or support the staff people that are working in that area, be able to support that just really depends on the size of the organization and what the style of board is. But I, yeah, I, I think it's a great experience. I enjoyed my time, um, and uh, and really appreciate now working specifically in my role, working with the board, um, how much uh, passion they have, dedication to that, and and uh, how vital a role they play in the organization. Yeah, I would imagine that would be pretty energizing looking at, I think of like when I get up on a Sunday morning and come here and I'm on staff, but there's a ton of volunteers in the room. Right. So you get to be in a room full of people who are there because they're excited about it, not because they're being paid to be. Right. I just made it sound like I'm not excited to be there. <laughs> yeah. No, but there, there's a difference. I mean, to being on a Sunday morning and you're here for uh, four, five, six hours and uh, you're able to... Um, just be able to work and and be able to do that and do your job but being a volunteer it's it's a whole different level and i think it's 
um, something where people are able to just enjoy. Um, and you kind of see their, I don't know, there's, there's, there's a certain passion there that, that is fun to see. Yeah, let's talk about, well, since we're talking about volunteers, let's talk about some of the volunteering opportunities. What what kind of things do people do at the food shelf? And in this, in our current state, um, how have you guys adapted to to give people opportunities to serve like that? Yeah. Well, that has changed within the food shelf. Um, when the pandemic hit, we did just stop volunteers um, and just had staff only just because we were trying to figure it out and trying to kind of control our environment. Um provide a safe environment for our neighbors in need because we didn't want to be a place where we were helping spread it. Um, But as time wore on and we saw that this wasn't going to be just a short-term thing, we started integrating volunteers back in um, pretty slowly um, and and realized that we couldn't carry that burden all by ourselves as staff. And so right now um, we have how we've switched things or changed things is really have limited amount of volunteers that we have in our building, but they um, are focused and we have kind of planned areas in which they're, they're doing that. So we have spacing. Um, We also have, you know, masking and and that kind of thing required. And, and uh, um, the roles that we do have really focus around our curbside pickup and then also our mobile program and all those are available online and descriptions of that. But uh, we have particularly a couple of things where we do stocking, um, which seems very similar to what we had in the past. Um, and then um, when everything's stocked and ready to go, um, we have the ability for people to come in and serve in the market and then also to be able to help out um, with distribution, which is our greeting, um, our volunteer aspect. But there's a lot of different other volunteer opportunities. We have people that go to um, grocery stores and pick up food and do food rescue. We have people that actually come to this church and help uh, sort and or um, pack kid packs, which go out to schools. Um, We have people that come in and do some uh, ability to, to sort through our dry goods and and that different things and then just kind of a little bit of other random uh, volunteer opportunities but for the basics um, we've uh, we've just kind of tried to continue to make that open but it is limiting um, where we used to have eight to ten to twelve volunteers and the more the merrier in some ways we've had to say no we only can have five. And that's that's our max. Um, and if you bring somebody else, we might have to ask them to go home just to keep things in a um, safe environment. If you've ever been to the food shelf, mm-hmm. it's a small building. Um, it can be pretty tight. Um, and we don't have our neighbors in the building anymore. Um, at this point in time, we just can't have the volume of people that we're seeing through. But same thing with volunteers. We have to be um, careful on that end of things. So thankfully, things have gone well in that department. Cool. And have you found that you've, uh, through this time, had sufficient volunteers? I know a lot of people are staying home for different reasons. Um, have you had enough? Do you Can you always use more? Is it just kind of like depends on the week and check in? Yeah. I know when we kind of opened things back up in November, we're like, where what is going to be the response? And thankfully, 
we've had a great response. People have been, um, we've been filling out um, our volunteer areas because when you just limit it to five, but you only have three show up, that's a big deal. Um, there isn't much margin um, there. So uh, we've, we have been having great volunteer um, response and people have been um, coming in, but it's been a new crew. Um, we've had some returners, which has been awesome. It's been great to have welcome people back, but also some people that um, we had a lot of retirees and still do, um, but and didn't feel safe, you know, until things were um, in a safer way, just as our society is. And so we've had a lot of new faces, which has been exciting, but also challenging. It brings its own challenges, but. Um, it's been great to, to welcome in new people um, in our volunteer crew. That's cool. Does that know, answer your question? Yeah, I'm definitely, sorry. definitely. Because okay. I think a lot of people are looking for ways to give back and just trying to find out, like what we talked with uh, Trisha with Solid Ground and how they have opportunities there and just want to give people connecting points to be able to do that. Okay. Um, let's switch gears a little bit to food insecurity. So when when I drive around, uh, even, you know, I live in a you know, townhouse or whatever. Um, if I look at the five units in my building from the outside, they all look the same. Like somebody in there might have um, a whole bunch in savings and somebody might barely be making it paycheck to paycheck. What's the, what's the landscape right now that you see like in, in the white bear area? How has that shifted? Um, what are things like for, for those of us who just wouldn't be able to tell by driving around? Yeah. The landscape there has, like you said, you wouldn't know. I mean, food insecurity is really hard to see. I mean, a lot of people think the, that people showing up to the food shelf are homeless or they're in dire straits. And then we do have some of those circumstances. But what we try to say is that the food shelf is there to help you um, in all circumstances. And so um, you, to make ends meet, the food shelf is there to have a certain time period in your life. I think that's where we see a lot where people just have a couple, couple of months where things are pretty lean and the food shelf helps um, bridge that gap. And then you have people that, you know, they're, they have very um, limited uh, income and this is something that allows them to be able to free up to make sure that they pay their utility bill. They'd be able to, uh, pay for their schooling. A lot of food insecurity. What you see is with um, uh, with with seniors, with students, um, with young families that are trying to just kind of get everything figured out. And so the landscape now with COVID has just opened that even more. I mean, you just see uh, um, you see a lot of people that this is my first time to a food shelf, or I just lost my job. And uh, so we've been able to see a whole variety of different um, different cases on there. It's really hard for me to say this is the one the one area or the one trend. Um, and it seems like a kind of an easy cop out on that. But well, well I think it's it's just um, the way you're saying it. People are showing up for the first time, right? That I think that's the that's a that's a trend in itself. Without knowing all the situations behind it and all the reasons, I think that is a trend. When does somebody? Let me say it this way. I think a lot of people would feel shame or would maybe think like that's not for me. 
I'm having a hard time, but that's for, like you said, somebody who doesn't have a house or doesn't have a job. At what point should someone feel okay saying, okay, that, yeah, this is for me. This is a service for me. Yeah. I think when you ask that question or you have that thought, the food shelf is for you. Hmm. Um, so if you're having that, that experience or that contemplation, I would say come to the food shelf because oh. we'd love to be able to help you. Uh, so even if you're just wondering, you're probably at the point that yeah. it can be a resource. Yeah, and w- what we try to do, and one of the reasons why we changed our name and took emergency out, we don't want people to feel like they get to a point where it's an emergency before they get help. We want to be able to allow people to um, not get to dire straits before they come to the food shelf. And I think that's something that... People realize they're like, if I come to the food shelf, I'm taking food away from somebody that really needs it. No, there's plenty of food. We have plenty of food. We have a very much of an abundance mindset. And the community around us has been so generous that we want to be able to continue to make sure that food's available. So it is open to anyone in need and is open as long as you can come as, as often as you need it. And so that's some of the changes that we've made over the last year, especially with COVID, is we used to be an appointment based and once a month and you had to be in the school district. And most of that had to do with just the ability to uh, have the amount of people that we'd have through the building. But with this mindset of doing our curbside model, we're able to accommodate a lot more and have seen a lot more on visits. And... uh, um, there's just there's just plenty of food. So I think that's the thing for people to realize is that um, a lot of what our food that we're doing is a redistribution of food um, and some really great, great things. And we want to make sure that people are, um, nobody wants people going hungry in our, in our community. We also want people to have the ability to have the option to eat healthy. And that's one of our bigger growing trends and has been a tradition of the food shelf of being able to provide not just a can of vegetables, but also the fresh produce and milk and eggs and um, um, meat, chicken, that kind of thing to be able to provide healthy options for, uh, for people. Because a lot of times people that are struggling with food insecurity are going with whatever's the cheapest, whatever can fill fill that void. And I understand that, but we also want to be able to provide um, people with the ability to, to have healthy lives within our community. Hmm. So That's great. Yeah. And just uh, a personal story. When we moved up here, I remember uh, we had uh, the, was it the mobile market or something that came uh, in our building? And Melanie and I were just still figuring stuff out. And she was kind of of the mindset of like, I think this is for like we can we can use this as a resource right now. And I was very much like, no, that's not for us. I was that person. Um, but it's been just amazing because we did like really establish ourselves, and that's not a resource we need to use anymore. But we look back now and say like, how are we spending so much on groceries when we didn't used to do this? And it was just amazing how it was like, oh my gosh, just the the few things we picked up. Um, when we would take advantage of that was so helpful. Yeah. Um, so I guess I share that as a, as a personal story to say like, yeah, you know, it, it can be for, 
for you if you need it and how much of a help it is because I, I, I wonder if a lot of people just think it won't be that much. Like, well, you know, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Um, but we've seen that it does because often we got more than we expected. Right, right. And that's, that's why we want people to encounter is to realize you're not going to have to come to the food shelf and prove that you need food, that you don't have to come and bring your driver's license and bring your income thing. And no, that that's we're continually trying to make it a more and more welcoming atmosphere. We realize that if you show up at the food shelf, a lot of times that's that's the toughest step. And so making sure that people or show up to a mobile market or that kind of thing, those experiences like you, is just if you're if we can just try to make that as um, accessible as possible, it it really does um, try to take away from any kind of detraction or barrier or shame or anything that somebody's why they're there um, and try to just be a, a warm and welcoming place. And our volunteers do an awesome job of and staff do an awesome job of do, doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, as you look forward into the future of the food shelf, um, what do you see for the next, I don't know, a few years? Clearly, everything seems like it's changing on a dime these days. Um, but as you dream, what kind of things do you have hopes for? Yeah, I think for us, we've known for a while with the food shelf that uh, we continue to want to just be more accessible and be... Uh, more visible in our community um, and trying to figure that out trying to figure out how we how we can become um, more mobile different different distribution uh, sites but also to be able to be more accessible with our location and so we've we've talked about that like what, what does that look like in the future um, our spacing right now is somewhat limiting. So just trying to kind of figure out where, where we need to go to be able to, to make that uh, an easier location for people to come. And so, yeah, excited on, on a, a strategic plan level to start to kind of explore those ideas and, um, and continue to kind of see who we can partner with to, um, connect with with people in different pockets of food insecurity um so there's some good work that's being done and and the beginning of some of that with the school district and um, with the city and i'm just i think that's one thing that's really opened my eyes in this position is just this community of white bear really works together and works well together and is um, cheering one another on in the nonprofit world, within the um, the faith community. Um, there's so many good things that are going on. And um, somebody was saying this within one of our meetings, just like, this is unique. Like, you go to other communities, you just don't see uh, um, uh, where the city comes together with the school and other nonprofits and other people, and they're trying to brainstorm how they can help one another. And uh, it's just really a, it's a fun environment to be in and kind of an honor to be able to, to work with some amazing people in that way. And, and on that end of things, community grace has been a great supporter of the food shelf and it's been 
uh, fun on that end to, to be on the other end of it um, and being able to see that and see really what um, what uh, community of people here can really um, invest in and be an influence uh, within our in our general and in our community as a whole. So, yeah, it's been fun to fun to keep that connection but also to see it on the other end of that so yeah because yeah. it's it's a it's something you you had a hand in starting and developing in directing resources in that way and now you get to be the recipient and distributor what a, <laughs> what a totally different perspective yeah yeah it's been great it's um yeah it's just been something that is uh just another perspective that I, I draw upon and, and it's been great to to see that um yeah play out with with neighbors and volunteers and fun to see some familiar faces of people i know from from this community that are helping doing food rescue or um, our regular volunteers on thursdays or tuesdays or in that kind of thing so um yeah that's great. Yeah. We kind of already touched on this, but um, the goal of this podcast, uh, in addition to helping people love White Bear Lake more, just like because of what you said, it's yeah. just so cool how these organizations work together, and we wouldn't have known that maybe if we hadn't just heard it from you, um, is to explore grace in every corner of our community, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and beyond. So uh, we use that word grace a lot. We're community of grace, and for, for us as a church, it refers to, uh, in, in a lot of ways, the grace that we receive from Jesus Christ um, that we then pour out into our community. A lot of people have different, you know, uh, takes on that word, um, and that's okay, um, because grace can be found all over the place. Yeah. So just for you and what you're doing now with the food shelf and as how it relates to the community, how do you see that working out? How do you see grace in your corner of the community? Yeah, I think when it comes to grace, uh, that's a good question. I think about that for a little bit. Um, the for me, the the grace that I've seen has just been hmm. It's been great to be able to see on a regular basis um, people just caring about other people and just continuing to go above and beyond um, to make sure that people are not um, they're not doing this alone I think that's some of the things that that we miss a little bit with the co well we miss a lot with the COVID aspect is the personal connection but it, it does there's a big difference between having an empty stomach and having a full stomach. And uh, so we're trying to provide not only the full stomach, but then the, the, the personal touch to things. And so um, we've, we've, we were just having a conversation with our staff yesterday. And that was one thing that came up that was just like, we miss that. We miss that connection. And how can we make that more? And I think that's that's the part of grace that is about um, just looking outside of yourself um, and uh, um, looking to serve others before yourself um, is big. And I think it it's great to see that play out on a daily basis. I think one encounter after another encounter 
um, there at the food shelf and within our community. And I think that's where I see that difference within our community leaders too, is that uh, they are not doing it for, you know, for the title, for the, you know, for them to get the personal glory, um, but to see it as a uh, truly a community effort. And um, it really rings through. And I think that's where, for me, this this aspect of um, my own faith and the faith that I have, um, the work at the food shelf just matches up. And it just matches up in the way that you're taking care of um, uh, those less fortunate um, or you're just, you know, providing an environment in which people just maybe don't encounter um, very often, an an environment of generosity, um, one of abundance, one of not being judgmental but um, caring and uh, that's been um, great to be able to do that on a um, on a day in day out basis. And uh, one of the things that attracted me to to working with this organization. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's good. We'll just we'll just end it right there. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be back, and and uh, great to see you, Dan. And and uh, uh, just want to say thank you to Community Grace and uh, the leaders here and the community as a whole. It's been um, it's been a privilege to one to serve here, and then uh, to serve in our community um, in this new role. But um, to have that continuity um, with this community has been awesome. It's been lots of fun and and i know Lindsay and i and and the boys um all counted as a um what a what an awesome chapter in our life and and it's fun to kind of continue that um in this in this new role well perry i can say with confidence that those of us here at cglc are very thankful for the work that you did here and i can't speak for everyone at white bear lake but i'm sure there are many people who are so appreciative of the good work that you're doing with the white bear area food shelf you and your staff your volunteers uh the board thank you thank you thank you for all you're doing for our community you can connect with the White Bear Area Food Shelf online at whitebearfoodshelf.org, on Facebook at WBL Food Shelf, and on Instagram at White Bear Food Shelf. Uh, you know, I thought that was a great point. When is it time to go to the food shelf? Uh, as soon as you start wondering, is this resource for me? That's a good time to go. So, uh, like I said, I've taken advantage of this resource and it was very helpful in that time. So, I hope and pray that if you are someone that feels like you might need that, that you would have the courage to go. Um, it is definitely a positive experience and that is why they are there. Well, this episode of the Grace People Podcast has been brought to you by Community of Grace Lutheran Church. Uh, the Food Shelf is one of our main mission partners. We have several uh, organizations that we like to support consistently, and that is one of them. We are located on Highway 61 and online. You can catch us at gracepeople.live on Sunday mornings at 9 or 10.30, or really anytime during the week, because it's the internet. 
We also have in-person children's and student ministries. So if that's something you're looking for for your kids at this time so they can uh, find a good place to be around people in a safe, COVID-safe environment, uh, bring them on over. You can find out more information at gracepeople.church or on any of our social accounts, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, at gracepeoplemn. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Grace People Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Again, I'm Dan Lugo as we explore grace in every corner of our community, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, and beyond.